Hey everybody, welcome to If I Had an Opinion. This is your host, Jeremiah Schaffer. I'm here with Nigel and Gordon. Uh, today, I don't have any questions. I didn't come up with any questions to ask you. Um, I have a book of questions though, so hold on. I will have questions. I'll have one question. I'm just going to open the book. Spontaneous Boom. questions. Spontaneous. Um, and then um, we have part of our bracket, and then we will revisit Easter. So that'll be great. Um, good. And here we go. Actually, pick a number, one to 3,000. We'll do it this way. 2731. 2731. Okay, five. Okay. <laughs> 20, 2731. Here we go. Ugh, gross. Um, <laughs> we're going to go 2730. Sounds good. Do you think there's a real Loch Ness monster? No. Gordon. Yes, I do. Gordon. Yeah? I believe in all of the things that are folklore. Sasquatches, all of it. Maybe? Maybe at one point there was a Loch Ness monster. <laughs> I don't know if there's still. You don't, you don't like my certainty in that? Mm-mm, but I don't like Gordon's certainty. <laughs> you want that mystery? Yeah, like Scooby Doo. Super situation. Maybe there's a Loch Ness monster. I said Loch Ness monster. You said Scooby Doo was more plausible than Loch Ness monster. Scooby Doo? There was a Loch Ness monster episode of Scooby Doo. I agree. I'm but just... the Loch Ness monster was real in the Scooby Doo episode. Because it's real. But there was also a fake Loch Ness monster that someone was operating as a robot to terrorize people. Because the real Loch Ness monster is a kind, kind giant. <laughs> I'd like to go to Loch Ness. I don't know why we don't just call it Lake Ness since we're not in Scotland. And, and those days have passed. Right. I don't know. Are they still calling it like all their lakes are called Loch in Scotland? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. That's weird to me. Um, I don't know. What can you do? We call it the Amazon River. All I'm saying is, we call it the Amazon River. We don't whatever the they, whatever the local they, call yeah, it. Yeah, they don't. They don't use the word river. We don't switch our word for that. We just call it a river. Yeah. The Nile River, um, the Black Sea. We're not just like. Right. I just it looks like research department's going to be on this. Yeah. So why are we calling this specific? Is it because of the monster? I think it's because of the monster. If there was no Loch Ness monster. It would just be Lake Ness, mm-hmm. which doesn't sound as cool. I thought I knew, I I didn't know it was Loch Ness for a really long time. Um, so yeah, okay, here we go. Um, what celebrity has the best narrator's voice? Um, James Earl Jones always. I was going to say James Earl Jones. And that's the classic. Ian McKellen. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's not bad either. <laughs> Ian McKellen. Yeah. But it's surprising how many movies James Earl Jones has been in. That's true. Will Hart also. Will Hart? No. The Batman from the Lego movies. Lego Batman. Will Arnett. Will Arnett. Yeah. Uh, okay. He's pretty good too. Well, there we go. All right. How we know. Anyway, all right. So get into our bracket. This is the weird bracket. I thought last week's was the weird bracket. This one's weirder. Well, uh, to <laughs> me, there's some, some clearer locks this week. To me, there's some things that shouldn't have made a bracket. <laughs> like, like the very last one? There's no like classic lays on our entire bracket. Ooh, yeah. Like the entire 64 snacks, no classic lays. Yeah. Nobody eats plain chips. And if they do, they shouldn't. Plain chips are good. No. But like wheat thins made it. (laughs) That's pretty cool. That's not good. Um, So (laughs) this is going to get weird. Um, So Cracker Jacks versus Funyuns. Cracker Jacks because Funyuns are gross. I agree. Funyuns are like, Uh, yeah, it's more like onions. Yeah, there's more like Funyuns loses than Cracker Jacks wins. Right. Buy me some peanuts and Cracker Jacks. There's a song. Yeah. Cracker Jack. All right. Trail mix and 
handy snacks. What's a handy snack? I should have looked over this entire list and figured out what the snacks. Is that like those crackers and cheese mix things? Ugh, like the things you dip. I think so, isn't it? Handy snacks. Let's find out. You are right. Yeah, yeah. those are gross. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the weird, like, uh, I don't even know. Weird cheese that's ever squishy cheese. Mm-hmm. Squishy dippable cheese. So trail mix. Way to go, trail mix. Did you vote on that, Gordon? I did not, but I'm. I agree. Look at that. All right. <laughs> this is the one time that me and Gordon are going to agree on all these snacks. Okay, Probably rice crispy treats versus string cheese. Rice crispy treats. Yeah, I, I still have no purpose for string cheese. String cheese for strings of cheese. You can sit there nope. and eat a pan of rice crispy treats easily. Yeah, I can't. I don't really like marshmallows that much. I just ate two marshmallows, but like that'll be good for like the next two months. Anna's all about the marshmallows right now. Henry is too. So, He's a big fan. She's going to the cupboard saying, marshmallow, marshmallow. You say, no. You get two and you will like it. Rice Krispie <laughs> treats. Okay, here we go. Jello pudding snacks versus Ritz crackers. Ritz crackers? Jello pudding. You can Jello put pudding. Jello you can put yeah, Jello stuff pudding. On. You can put stuff on your pudding. Oreos. You can put Ritz yeah. on your on your uh, on your Jello if you wanted. Graham cracker, marshmallow, chocolate chips. Yeah, uh, Jello. Jello pudding snacks. Jello yeah. pudding snacks. Making Especially everything since I discovered that, that they all have they now have butterscotch pudding. I mean, how do you beat that? They've always had a butter butterscotch butterscotch pudding, not butternut. Butternut not pudding butternut. would be gross. Butterscotch pudding. Um, all right, here we go. Flaming hot Cheetos, Hershey's Kisses. Hershey Kisses. Are we going to agree on this entirely? No, because Weird. I. Did. I disagree with the Ritz crackers. You're going I really don't it. have any use. Yeah, I don't really have any use for Hershey Kisses. What? I'm going Hershey no. Kisses. Yeah, Hershey Kisses are moving forward because Flaming Hot Cheetos are gross. I understand that like high schoolers like them, middle schoolers like them, but I don't think they actually like them. I don't think they know what they like. They like them in the way that they like Mountain Dew, and Mountain Dew is gross. <laughs> Mountain Dew is flat soda. It it's, is. It's, <laughs> yeah. As a person who used to like these things, yeah, no, no good. Flaming Hot Cheetos, <laughs> yeah, I don't no. understand. I just don't get it. I don't understand the obsession with Flaming Hot things these days. Like everybody's... Uh, I, I love hot things, but... I like hot things. I don't like hot chips, though. Uh, I like you know them. I mean? <laughs> can't do it. I don't... I just don't like it. I don't... It gets all over your fingers. Yeah. That's very problematic, for sure. That's a problem with Cheetos in general, though. So... Kisses. I put way too many S's in kisses. Okay. Um, wheat thins versus granola bars. I feel like it depends on the um, granola bars. I feel like we I'm should be say more that, specific yeah. on the granola bars. Uh, but I don't know how we would be. Maybe those Quaker ones. Quaker chewy granola bars. I feel like that is the most uh, standard, standard granola bar. It's not <laughs> the granola bar I would pick. No. But it is the granola bar people buy as snacks. Yeah, I, I still got to go with granola bars over wheat thins, though. Yeah, I don't like wheat thins. I just don't like plain crackers. That's how I feel with chips. You know, put stuff on your plain crackers. Yeah, right, you can do stuff with crackers. That's not what we're saying right now. We're saying I have a box of wheat thins and I have granola bars. Those are the only snacks I have. I don't have things to put on the wheat thins. That's not fair. Just standing alone. Yeah, that's against the rules, I think. So granola bars moves forward. Yep. All right. Here we go. Combos. Uncrustables. Combos. I don't hear a resounding amen with that. Uh, uncrustables? I had to explain to teenagers a couple weeks ago what combos were. People don't know what combos are anymore. I'm going to go combos because uncrustables are gross. It's a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Yeah, if I want peanut butter jelly sandwich, I would make a peanut butter jelly sandwich. Better no. jam with no. better jelly. No. Not the stupid grape jelly. 
It's got to be better. Oh, yeah. like barely frozen, like still kind of frozen. Ah, oh. discs of frozen peanut butter. I'd rather have a hot pocket if I'm gonna warm up my food. <laughs> Why would you? Are you warming up your uncrustables? No, but you said barely frozen. Right, you like hold it until it's like just right, and then the peanut butter still like frozen. No. Yeah. I wanted to figure out how they how they do that. How they get the. Is it just discs of peanut butter? Because if so, I should just freeze discs of peanut butter. That's a great snack. You should try that. You have time. Solid snack. So you guys are going combos? Combos, for sure. What is the best kind of combos? That is the question. I'm fairly certain they all taste the same, regardless of whatever name they put on them. Pizza? The insides all taste the same. But there's different kinds of, like, the outside part. You know what I mean? Like there's pretzel combos and there's non-pretzel combos and pretzel combos are gross. Don't they all have pretzel outside of them? Nope. What would a non-pretzel combo look like? The the original combos don't. It's like a cracker. Now you gotta look it up. (laughs) (laughs) Original cheese combos aren't pretzel combos. I don't know what they do in Canada, but that's how combos are. I've never seen this thing, this object you're describing. Do you see it now? There are non-pretzel combos. And then, yes, the pizza ones. For sure. They are cylindrical tubes of cracker, pretzel, or tortilla available in various fillings. Yeah, cracker, tortilla, pretzel. That's what I'm saying. I've never (laughs) seen this other option. (laughs) What even is happening right now? Go to the gas station. You go to the shell station. Oh, I go by there. your house. Look, look at the combos, and you'll see. Yeah. you'll see what I'm talking about. They all look exactly the same. No, the pretzels are like darker. They have salt on them. Yeah, it's a thing. I'm anyway. diluted, I guess. Either way, okay. I would go with the combo. Okay, Reese's versus pork rinds. Um, I'm, I'm go uh, Reese's pieces. Sorry, Reese's pieces versus pork rinds. I'm going Reese's pieces. Reese's Pieces. I don't really like Reese's Pieces, but I don't like at all pork rinds. I've tried pork rinds. I've never had more than three. Yeah. I was assuming as the the most Southern person here that if if I don't really like pork rinds, that you guys wouldn't be the biggest fans here. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. What is a pork rind? Isn't it like it's pig skin? I don't even know. The whole idea sounds ridiculous. Fried pig skin? Is that right? This is like the most research we've done on snacks. I don't know what a pork rind is. What is a pork rind? These snacks are terrible. These are. This is. I have to research snacks. Skin of a pig. I was right. Boom. I'm a genius. Snack genius. Yeah, it loses big time. Yeah, skin of a pig, and they smell bad. I used to work, the group of my work ne- worked at was next to a pig slaughterhouse. Okay. And so now I can't even like really look at pork rinds because it smelled like a mixture of like death and pork rinds and sewage. And we were downwind from it. And so <laughs> or upwind, whichever way the wind is coming, we were that way. And so it would come into our air conditioning and then the entire building would just smell like pork factory. We had a kid run away and he ran into the pork factory to run away from us and we were like we're not going to get you in there we're not doing that (laughs) (laughs) i guess you live there now (laughs) yeah when you come to your senses we'll be here i am not chasing you in there where they were killing pigs and you could hear the pigs as they were killing them i didn't like it (laughs) i wasn't a fan (laughs) so yeah poor friends (laughs) loses all right back to the top we got cracker jacks and trail mix trail mix Cracker Jacks. What? But I feel like some trail mix has Cracker Jacks in it. What is Cracker Jacks exactly? It's just caramel popcorn, right? Yeah. Pretty much. There's something else in Cracker Jacks, like original. You get a prize. Peanuts. Peanuts, I was going to say, yeah. Okay. I like trail mix better. Trail mix is a better variety of that for me. I agree. I'm with you. Gordon looks disgusted. He's disgusted by us. I'm always disappointed by trail mix. What? Just really? Disappointed. If I have a handful of trail mix, I'm like, should have been better. <laughs> <laughs> At higher hopes. Why? I love trail mix. It's good. It's good stuff. 
got weird coatings. Make your own trail mix. That's the problem. You gotta make your own trail mix. Throw all your own stuff in there. Um, all right, here we go. Rice Krispie Treats versus Jell-O Pudding Snacks. Rice Krispie Treats. Jell-O Pudding Snacks. Yeah, just Jell-O. It's butterscotch. You can't beat it. <laughs> I could eat so much butterscotch Jell-O. APS. It's a dark horse. <laughs> Who knew this was going to happen? Nobody. Nobody knew this was going. No one knew this was coming. I thought Rice Krispie Treats were first. Who are going to win? They're like they're gluten free. Are Jell-O pudding snacks gluten free? Trail mix is gluten free. What? Trail mix is gluten free. Well, trail is, is is Jell-O pudding snacks? Are the is pudding gluten free? No, right? I think so. Hmm. You, Maybe this is the, the gluten free right section. Are <laughs> Cheetos gluten free? Mm-hmm. So maybe that's what this is. Yeah, These maybe. are gluten-free snacks. Huh? Who knew? Okay. Hershey's Kisses versus granola bars. Oh. Hershey Kisses? Hershey's kiss, granola bars. Oh, man. Hershey Kisses. We've already decided for you. Okay. I concede. Hershey Kisses. Were you going to go granola bars? I just can't vote for Hershey Kisses. Really? Yeah. I could eat so many Hershey Kisses. Really? Hershey kisses. Like... Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, and they're probably going to go. Maybe, against... if her... Maybe if Hershey Kisses were Toblerone inside, I might do that. I know that would not make them Hershey Kisses anymore, but I think that's kind of. Yeah, those would be Toblerone Kisses. You can get many Toblerones. Mm -hmm. I know. Just the little triangles. You can do that. This was that was also missing. We don't have any international candy on our bracket here. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, that would be good. I want Toblerones now. I wonder how they're doing since like airports are shut down, and the only place you really buy a Toblerone is in an airport. <laughs> you can only buy them in three-pound packages. I mean, you can buy them at TJ Maxx, but TJ Maxx is also closed. Um, and you can buy them at Trader Joe's. So Trader Joe's is probably open. Anyway, all right, we're going to our last matchup here is Combos versus Reese's Pieces. Combos. Reese's Pieces. Did you guys both combos? go Combos? Combos. Yes. I like salty. Yeah. don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand what is happening. Combos are my study food. Combos are the worst version mm -hmm. of, of gas station food. Gas station before you snacks. eat one, and before you know it, they're gone. That doesn't make them good. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's true. All right, we're back to the top here. We got trail mix going against Jello pudding snack. Mm. Which way is Gordon going to go this time? I'm still going he pudding. Want, he didn't want to. Eat, I'm going pudding too. Does that matter? It doesn't matter what you say. Pudding is going forward. <laughs> but I want to hear what you have. What were you going to say? Trail packs. <laughs> Always the contrarian. Lesser of two, two evils. Jello pudding stacks aren't evil. They're good. I used to take them to, to school with me. I would take a bunch of Mountain Dews and a bunch of Jell-O pudding snacks. And I would go when I was like taking college classes and in between classes, I would eat them. And if you bend the top of the Jell-O pudding snack correctly, you can use it as a spoon. Pretty remarkable. <laughs> <laughs> then you don't have to bring a spoon with you. Take it off and you bend you the back corners to the, in. the corners in a little bit. segment? Yeah. Useless skill. I know how to do that. But if you don't get the Jello pudding snack top ripped off properly, it doesn't work because you have to you have to make your spoon strong enough to hold pudding. That's the problem. Yeah. Um. All right. Kisses versus combos. Hershey's kisses. Combos. I'm going chocolate every time. Combos. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> combos are gross. There's what, what's the, what's the thing. That their their slogan is surprisingly good. Does combos it, it have should be, It should belong to combos. Combos slogan. Combo slogan. 
I don't think they had a slogan. What was the original combo flavor? Cheddar cheese cracker. Um, they've been around for a while. Stuffed snacks. Yep. <laughs> Not very elaborate. <laughs> they make Hershey's Kisses? Have you guys ever been to Hershey, Pennsylvania? I mean, that, place is, that place is fun. There's an amusement park there. Um, just like roller coasters and then a little chocolate factory you get to tour. And all the all the street lights in Hershey, Pennsylvania are shaped like kisses. That's nice. Of course they are. It's quaint, as it were. Um, the, so combos moves forward in a weird turn of events. Combos not gluten-free so there's that um so here we go we are in the last part this will decide the last person last snack in our final four of snacks i'm trying to find the the combos um slogan and i cannot anyway um so uh, the last the last matchup before we go into a final four will be jello pudding snacks and combos as has been the case in every other round that combos has been in i am voting against combos <laughs> for jello no, i am snacks. voting for combos why you're just trying to make the final four really easy because there's no way that combos beat reeses just pudding snacks aren't going to beat Reese's either. Let's just be honest. No, they're not. <laughs> but if you could make like a trifle of Jello pudding snacks and Reese's, it's like layers. <laughs> then we don't even need a final four. We just That'd be need solid. A, yeah, we layer them all together. We kind. just put pizza rolls on top. Sprinkle them. Sprinkle them over the top yeah. of our Snickers Jello pudding snack Reese's. Um, pizza roll trifle. I'm still undecided. Hey, you're really whether decider though. I'm gonna go combos or Jello pudding snacks. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you're undecided because combos are gross. <laughs> <laughs> they they all serve their purpose. Uh, combos and butterscotch pudding are basically two of my favorite snacks. Combos are owned by, it looks like, Mars Chocolate. What do you know? It is. Hmm. They were developed from a patent purchased in the 1970s. They have a patent on combos. Mars also has a statement on modern slavery. What? The combos do? Mars does. Oh. <laughs> Not combo specifically. Not combo specifically, no. I'm just trying to be that leading edge. Uh, I'm going to have to go with combos. Combos. <clears throat> Surprising dark horse. Gross. Okay. Um. It may have had an easy path to victory. No, what do you mean? It had to be uncrustables, which are essentially garbage. Hershey Kisses, which is worse than Easter chocolate. Okay, here are all of my my things. Okay, so our final four for next week. We will get them all. You have to go. You're gonna have to go get things from places or Instacart it or something. Is gonna be on the one side. If I can, here we go. Pizza rolls versus Snickers. And then on the other side, Reese's versus combos. So they are. So the only thing I need to buy is combos. Yeah, probably. I have the other three. I don't have any of the stuff. So I'm saying I have to buy all of it. So yeah, you have to go buy buy combos. You're going to have to go to a gas station or something because it's not a normal store. And the Dollar General as well. That's a reason it shouldn't have made it this far. And save Mark. That's a vote for it. Or something. <laughs> uh, that's funny. So yeah, so that'll be our final four. So next week, I think we that's actually a pretty stellar final four, except for combos. 
No, it's, it represents a whole different perspective. Like combos are essentially a not baked version of, of pizza rolls. It represents a whole different perspective in the, in the sense that Marcy and his own represents a whole different perspective on the Old Testament. No. That's, <laughs> that's what I'm going with. It is. It is anathema. Is that yeah, it doesn't even belong. It's just like, that's not a view. That's not a view anyone has. And then Combo's come in and they're like, yeah, we do. We're but, but isn't Marcianism making Listen a bit of a return? Probably. I know you're going the other direction, but some people are going toward yeah. outlaw, uh, abolishing the Old Testament altogether. I'm going to change my name to Anti-Marcian. Anti-Marcius? What's the name? Marcius? Marcionate. No, but what, the, what was the guy's actual name? Was his name Marcian? Or was it Marcius? Yeah. He was Marcian. No. For sure. Yeah, so there we go. So we have our final four decided. So next week we will try the snacks live in our houses. Um, so I have to go get all of these things. I don't have... Only chocolate I have is dark chocolate right now at my house. So what can you do? And Which Riley really likes dark chocolate. Dark chocolate discovered solid. that's his favorite thing. Ghirardelli? Like, I can't really go past like 75% though. Like Lisa likes like the ninety percent stuff. It's like almost cocoa powder. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. My children like it too. Like they'll eat it and just like they're like, oh, this is so tasty. I'm like without grimacing, like without making no, a just face. Like, Whoa, it's done. And I'm like, I and, but nobody's budget can sustain that either. Yeah, I guess not. That's. Uh... But then they don't eat as much chocolate because no one can eat more than like a square. I suppose yeah. of chocolate, you can't. It's too much. So. So that is what we're doing. There wasn't really dark chocolate on our list either. Was dark chocolate no. not even make the bracket over like Cracker no. Jacks? I feel like it could have replaced <laughs> Cracker Jacks. Dark chocolate's not a snacking food. It's a it's a dessert. It's, it's a garnish. All portions. Yeah, it's a garnish. I ate like seven pieces of dark chocolate yesterday. Well, you That's don't snack like a human. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> You've already explained to us your your Jello butter your Jello pudding cup approach, so. It was that's a solid approach. I was giving people helpful. You you run out of spoons. You've got Jello pudding cups. Don't do the dishes. Just use the top of the pudding cup as a spoon, built-in spoon. It's like there's a snack that comes with a spoon, but I can't remember what it's called. Hmm. I know Fun Dip comes with something, but it's not a spoon. It's not helpful though. At some point, you just dip the sugar. You just dump the sugar in your mouth and chew on that <laughs> stick. Like you, it's not, not if you're disciplined, you don't. No, it starts off fun. Fun dip starts off as a real fun thing, and you're like dipping it, licking it, dipping it, licking it, and then you're like, "This is taking forever," and this stick <laughs> isn't that good. Point. So sometimes you just throw it away, and just dump the sugar in your mouth and say, "I don't need this weird, chalky sugar." Like a pixie stick. Yeah, just giant pixie sticks. Really, that's the proper way to eat fun dip. Is yeah, get tired of no, stick of, you got to labor through it. At any rate, that's not, <laughs> we're not here to talk about fun tip. <laughs> I wish we were, but we're not. Um, <laughs> it. Took the whole segment. Yeah, fun tip. Um, how to properly eat snacks. Since I apparently don't eat snacks like a human. No, you don't eat snacks that are human. Isn't that what Gordon said? No, he said I don't eat snacks like a human. I don't snack like oh, okay. a human. He said I snack like an animal. Or a, <laughs> or a robot, or some sort of higher being. <laughs> or a higher being. <laughs> I'm out here with my glorified snacking. You know what I mean? That's uh, There's only dark chocolate like in a, heaven. Like a higher um, being. <laughs> All right. So we are Very revisiting good. Sunday, Easter Sunday, my favorite Sunday yeah. of the year. The best Sunday yep. of the year. For sure. Um, so... Um, I don't have a ton of notes because uh, this was last week. I had a lot of notes and I was like, boom, I'm ready. And then this week I was taking notes and then the live stream and then the small children. Um, it's kind of how it goes. Uh, but we were in Exodus yeah. 20, which is a 10 commandments, which I think we all know. We Hopefully we all know had water somewhere. So why don't you give us a synopsis, 10 commandments, sure. 
uh, Exodus 20, and then we will get into it. Okay. Uh, basically, uh, we were in uh, chapter, we ended at chapter 18 last time, so we were looking at 19 and 20 this time. So 19 is basically preamble to what basically is the, the covenant part of the, the terms of the covenant that we see in chapter 20. So chapter 20 is with 10 commandments. And what we see uh, from chapter 19 is that the law that was given to Moses, both in the Ten Commandments and in all of the ordinances and the sundry laws that follow this, um, the, the purpose of that was to return people to God. So it was to establish a relationship with him. Uh, Israel was already the people of God, which was an unconditional covenant given to Abraham. But here he was affirming a conditional covenant, which is that if you abide by these laws, if you follow uh, after these these commandments, when you get into the promised land, then when you get there, it's going to go well with you. So that was the whole purpose. And so he comes to them and says, look, I'm the God who saved you. I'm the one who brought you out of <clears throat> out of Egypt. Um, I rescued you. I love the phrase, I bore you on eagle's wings, which is a great phrase of, of deliverance. In other words, he swooped in and he carried them away. And so he, he wants them to be for his own possession, that they would be his uh, in all of the earth. And so <clears throat> that's the way that he views them. And as a response, Israel says, okay, well, that's, we'll do the same thing. We're going to fall. We're, we're going to enter into this. Everything that you have said we should do, that's what we'll do. Uh, and so then we get into the Ten Commandments and we see that they're, uh, that they're divided into um, implications, I guess, or, or objectives. That four of those have their fulfillment in God and then six of them have their fulfillment in people how we relate to one another. Um, and so we, what I saw in those things is that they reveal the character of God, that he is, <clears throat> that he is holy, that he is just, and that he is loving. So there's something about God that is unlike any of the gods that have come before him, that other nations have worshipped, uh, which Galatians says aren't really gods at all. It's just, it is that we have ascribed value or deity to things that humanity at that time didn't understand. It wasn't a very uh, scientific kind of a, a society at that point. So um, what God does is he stands over and above in comparison to the gods of all the other nations. And that's pretty much what Israel is supposed to be representing, that they are the people of a God that is unlike in his nature, the gods of all of the other nations. So in that way, he is holy, he's perfect in, in purity, but he is also unique in, uh, in his nature. We see that he is just. Uh, and that he is loving. Those two things in God are not contradictory. We're going to see that more uh, again uh, this week, that God can be just in the way that he sees what is right and wrong, but he is also loving in the way that he rewards those who do right. And so um, in, in chapter 20, verses 4 through 6, it just describes that for those who don't love God, in fact, it says those who hate me, I will visit the uh, their iniquities to the third and fourth generation. <clears throat> but for those who love me, I will bless them to the thousands of generations. So there is infinite blessing that comes from being in relationship to God. And there is finite consequences that are designed to bring a change of, of heart. And so really what he's doing is God is preparing his people to live in a place of blessing. It's supposed to move them into how they are, how they operate, how they function when they get uh, into the promised land. Um, but what the law could not do was make us right with God. Even though the law was there pointing out what the character of God is and how we should live, it in and of itself can't make us right with God because uh, we all sin. We all fall short of the commandments. We, we aren't able to do them. And so Galatians says that cursed is the one who does not abide by all, by, by all of the things that are written in the law. Um, so there, the, the curse of the law is that it uh, is unattainable for humanity. And that, that's kind of what its purpose is, and we'll get into that. But um, it, it reveals that none of us are able to be justified by the law. So we can't go to God and say, hey, look at all the things that I've done and how great I was and how kind-hearted I was and all of the things that we would most often point to about ourselves. Because um, God is going to say, well, according to the law, how can you be justified? According to the rules that I've established for how I want my people to live, uh, how do you line up? So it can't make us right with God. It falls short. But secondly, it also can't replace having a personal relationship with God. And so now we look at the New Testament 
Paul is telling the Galatians, who are a, a, a church or a people that are receding back into Judaism. They're, they're saying that the path to God still lies in Judaism and obedience to the law and following all the ordinances. And so Paul is kind of um, amazed. He's stunned that they would go back into a system that can't make you right with God. <clears throat> because how did they have a personal relationship with them? How did they receive the Holy Spirit? How is it that the Holy Spirit was doing these things among them? Well, it was uh, by faith. It was because they had, had trusted in him. Um, and, and as a result, the other thing the law could not do was impart life from God. So um, there, the, the law itself produced death. It, it revealed sin so that we would die. That's what Paul said. You know, when, when the law was revealed, my sin became obvious. And then in my sin, uh, that's when I died. It, it killed me to see my sin exposed. And so what the law could not do, faith in God does. So we, we see in, in Scripture, not just the New Testament, but the Old Testament, that those who have faith in God are the ones who are counted as righteous. That life in, uh, in Christ comes by putting our faith in him, dying to, the, to, the, to sin, which the law revealed, and, and being able to have a relationship with him. So what the law was intended to do, what it couldn't do was make us right with God, replace a relationship with God, or impart life from God. But what the law was intended to do, uh, according to Galatians chapter 3, uh, verse 23 and 24, is that it came to expose our sin. It came to reveal that really we aren't good in of ourselves, that we've all um, not been able to, to measure up to the, to the fullness of what perfection requires, <clears throat> so that when we see our sin exposed, rather than leaving us destitute and uh, depressed and, uh, and just kind of hopeless in the world, would, that it would lead us to, to Jesus. That when Jesus reveals himself as the one who forgives, as the one who dies, our sins and, and, and gives himself as a sacrifice on our behalf, that we would run to him, that we would, we would combine our reality of our situation with the reality of what Christ has done so that we would, we would pursue Christ, that we would want to have a relationship with him because the law was only there for a short time to lead us to the time of, of Christ. And then finally, what the law was intended to do. Um, was to because of that relationship Jesus, with Jesus, it would finalize our adoption, uh, that we would become um, the the people of God, the children of God, uh, once again, not only made in His image, which all humanity is, but now we would be re uh, re um, establishing that relationship. Which, if you go back to the very first point of the message, was the purpose of the law. Now, initially, it was the idea that by doing all these things perfectly. That's how you'd have a relationship with God. Um, when that didn't work, the sacrificial system had to be instituted to show, you know, in some way that uh, the, uh, there was a sacrifice for sin. But now in Christ, we actually have the ability to be in a personal relationship with God and we become his children. He becomes our father, as it says in Romans chapter 8. Uh, we cry out father or Abba um, and, uh, and we have been adopted and become, we become heirs of eternity with Christ. So what the law was intended to do, um, <clears throat> uh, only the grace of God can. So rather than the law leaving us outside of the grace of God, uh, if it leads us into the grace of God so that we would no longer trust in ourselves, but that we would trust in the, in the God who is holy, just, and loving. Awesome. So um, <clears throat> I think this is one of the things I really like about Easter is that we revisit things um, that we all know the story of. Um, so most people who are in church know the story of Easter. Uh, they they yeah. know how that story goes. And then also most people in church know the story of Exodus 20. So it's kind of like a nice convergence of those things. Like we, um, when you say that, you're <clears throat> that your text is Exodus 20, no one's like, oh, I wonder what's in Exodus 20. Uh, yeah. I mean, some people are, but most of the people who have been in church for a while are like, oh, okay, I know what we're doing. We're doing 10 commandments here and we're gonna, um, so I think it was a nice, like, different approach to that also. Um, <clears throat> but then also gives us an idea that, or kind of enforces the idea that um, all of Scripture is beneficial to to the believer. Um, so I was just joking about Marcionism. Um, but I think that um, seeing the law this way, a lot of times um, we would say that the Old Testament is helpful or is beneficial to everyone. Uh, mm -hmm. But the way that we read the old Testament 
we don't read it as if it was helpful to everyone. So we'll skip over things that were like, well, I don't really need to read the law. Um, but it does, I think one of, the, one of the things you said is that the law teaches us something about the character of God. And so if it teaches us about the character of God and we want to know God, then we should be reading the law. Um, but also it exposes who we are. Um, so then my question is, are there other benefits to reading the law as believers? What do you think, Gordon? And if so, what? Yes, no, maybe. I think it's always helpful to know the context of the gospel. Um, if you don't know what Jesus has saved you from, you don't know what he saved you for. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Now, is it hard to gain application from some of the Levitical laws? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It is a little rough. Uh, <laughs> But if I understand the context of the Levitical law specifically, the ceremonial laws of God setting apart Israel as a holy people, a people that are different than the nations around them, I get that God's calling me into being a holy people of God even now, even though that might not look like not eating pork or mixing my clothes with different levels of cotton. But I understand the concept of holiness of being set apart. I think it's easier with the ethical laws like don't murder. That stuff's easy to apply. Ten Commandments, very easy to apply. But law in general, you got to separate out some of that stuff. But if you can shift through it, you get the call of holiness. You get to see why God's called you apart. What God saved you from. Because we're not just saved from Sin, we're saved for a purpose. Yeah, yeah, and I think that is an important, um, not not necessarily a distinction to make, but it's something to recognize is that there are elements of what we see uh, coming through Leviticus and Deuteronomy that are very situationally specific. And I know that's what you mean by the word context, but context also has a time element. So sometimes context. It is not even just the situation, but it's recognizing something for the time in which it was written in relativity to the other things that were taking place in history at that time. So um, we want to be contextual in recognizing the audience that it was written to. And so some of those laws are there to distinguish Israel. And I think what we see in Exodus chapter 20 is more of the universal law that applies to man. This is because this is a reflection of God's character. In, in, we'll see that obviously in all the other laws. He's not going to contradict his character in, in the other laws, uh, but we see this as the broad statement of this is these are these are the things that are are common to man that everyone that has an understanding of who God is should be applying. We call it the Judeo-Christian ethic because it transcended simply the nation of Israel and it, and it has implications in our judicial system. It has implications in Western society. Um, so it, it, those are the, the broader, more universally uh, applicable laws. Whereas when we get to the, the other laws, the, the ceremonial and the civil laws, uh, some of them do have a very specific application for Israel. Like next week, we're going to be in chapters 21 through 23. Um, and there's laws on feasts. And the nation of Israel was supposed to uh, abide by these three feasts that that God has instituted as a part of their identity. That isn't a universally binding uh, commandment. It's just something that says, "Hey, Israel, this is something that's going to mark you out as a people, and this is how I how I'll know you're still paying attention to to me." Uh, and so I think that was a good a good distinction to make. So yeah, there are laws that. That certainly are easily applicable to us today, and then in those other ones, what the challenge is to draw out the principles that support the law, and uh, and that that's kind of what makes that a little bit more challenging. Yeah, I think also it um <clears throat> the some of the the things that the writers of the New Testament say don't make a lot of sense unless you understand what it means to be Jewish and understand Jewish at least Jewish yeah. law. Um, so like. 
easy example would be in Philippians, Paul talks about himself being poured out like a drink offering. Well, if you don't know what a drink offering is, then you're really confused. And you're like, what is a drink offering? I don't understand. What, what does that mean? Um, or like Gordon was alluding to in Peter, where he says that we are a holy priesthood. Like you can sort of get it if you just read Peter. Um, but if you understand that this is a, a continuation of a covenant that God has with people um, and what it meant for Israel to be a holy nation and what it meant for them to be a priesthood. And uh, then that helps you to understand what it means for you because Peter doesn't really explain it. He just hits you with, this is what you are and then moves on to the next thing. And you're like, all right, cool, Peter. Uh, Because Peter expects that you understand the context of what he is writing. Um, And so there is a, there is, it's like the prequels to, to the gospel. Um, but you're expected to sort of know what's going on. Like if you just mm-hmm. read Matthew, you understand sort of what Matthew is doing and you understand who Jesus is and you understand why Jesus died. Um, but there's a lot like the first chapter of Matthew seems kind of like a throwaway. If you don't, if you haven't read anything before it, like if you haven't yeah. looked at the old Testament, then the first, the genealogy of Jesus Christ, you're like, ah, okay. I guess these are some names that are here. This is cool. <laughs> right. Uh, and you move on like that's and i think that's how most people read things like that and so it's like uh we we don't really care about whatever came before because we're like well the new testament's what's important now because that's where jesus is um and instead of realizing that the entire all of scripture is pointing to jesus that's the point of the emmaus road um in luke yeah is that he just starts he starts back in genesis and it's just like all right i'm gonna i'm just gonna lay this out for you because even after jesus's resurrection sometimes the disciples are pretty dumb and don't get it uh and so he's just like okay i'll start there i'll start at the very beginning and i will explain everything to you and he right what luke tells us is that he explained how everything was pointing to him like everything you've been waiting for is here now um and it it's, it's been pointing to this point. And so even when we read the Levitical laws that we're like, I don't know how this, how this works. Um, in some way it's pointing to Jesus in some way it's, it's trying like we're, we're getting there somehow. And I, sometimes you won't have an answer cause you'll read it and you'll be like, I don't understand what this law is going on. There's laws about if two men are fighting and what things are okay for other people to do while those men are fighting. And you're like, I don't know how that points to Jesus, but okay, <laughs> I, I guess. I but, but what's really cool is though, though we find the gospel in the new Testament, obviously, in other words, the, the dividing wall between what Israel represented and what the Gentiles, which is everybody else. So now the whole world is being brought under uh, the understanding of what Jesus did. So he is the savior of the world. Not the, not just the provider or the protector of Israel, he is the savior of the whole world. And we obviously can, we see that very clearly in, in the New Testament. You don't need the Old Testament to be able to put your faith in God and have a relationship with him and to grow in your faith. Um, but you do need some of the Old Testament in order to figure out what they meant when they were writing letters in the New Testament. Which it's always surprises me that even when you read the book of Acts, um, Paul, who is an apostle to the Gentiles, very clearly God told him this. This is what his purpose was. Uh, he still went to the synagogues in those cities that he went to witness to the Gentiles. And he went usually first. He would go to the synagogue, hit them up, and, and then he would, from there, go to the marketplace. Like there, there was this combination of, of, I am extending myself to my brothers in the flesh, which is the Jewish people, and I'm going to be reaching out to all of humanity so that they can be my brothers in the spirit. And so when we read even Galatians, like we did last week, um, how most of what Galatians is, is Paul refuting their need to return to Judaism, which if there wasn't teaching on Judaism, they wouldn't know what they were turning to. Like the whole context, the reason that he can appeal to them is because even those Gentiles have now been taught the history of God through the Septuagint, right? The Old Testament scriptures. So there, there isn't a doing away with the Old Testament. It's like, now we understand it fully. So now when we teach it, there is a greater depth of our, our, our understanding. And we see that throughout all of the New Testament, all of the writings that take place um, still have that, I mean, other than John necessarily in, in his epistles, but he still has that kind of a perspective that um, that we are we are enriching 
the depth of our understanding by seeing the the, the large arc of, of history in the Old Testament. Yeah. So, and I think, um, and so the title of your message this past week was Jesus does it all. Um, and I think that kind of encapsulates kind of what the law is there for is that uh, there's this law that if you tried to do all of it, it just wouldn't work. Like I, there are people who said they did like the rich young ruler yeah. guy is like, no, I'm good. I, <laughs> I did. Yeah. I am solid. Um, but like the norm, like your average person, if you go through all those laws and you're like, okay, I'm not going to do this, 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 this. And then um, they have to have a whole second book that they write in between the Testament so that they can, the, the point of the Pharisees is to be like, Hey, just so you know, these are all the implications of that law. Um, they, and so they keep doing that and they keep adding stuff. Um, and you end up in a place where no one, no one has any hope. And so Jesus comes and fulfills all of it yeah. for us. Um, and so we have kind of this with Easter, we have this, this thing where we look back and we say, this is what we're supposed to be like. And it gives us the opportunity to say, none of us fulfill this kind of Romans three situation that we all fall short. And then Jesus fulfills it for us. So all the things yeah. that God said we needed for a relationship with him, Jesus does it for us. And so all we have to do is accept him. Um, so I think that's really cool as a different Easter message. Um, yeah. That's all the notes I have. I don't really have any other notes. Um, cool. You guys have other notes? Other things you want to bring up? I don't think you need other notes for Easter. It's, it's Easter. Jesus is. Yeah, that's, that's what I felt like. Good, that's the good news. Jesus is. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus did it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's all the notes I have. I don't have anything else. Um, so, yeah. So, this is a little bit shorter cool. than our last podcast, but that's okay. Um, so, until next time. Next time, we're going to have final four brackets and we will Woo. talk about this sunday this sunday is i don't know what this sunday is it's april something uh 19th april 19th, april 19th. there we go so probably will be in exodus 21 presumably presumably exodus yep. 21 so you can read that before sunday and you're good to go uh, so yeah.